This is Change for Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. We have another great episode today of Change for Your Dollar, where we have conversations and talk about the blessings and burdens around money and faith and life. I'm your host, John Putnam. I'm sure you read the statistics about Christmas and presents and gift giving each year. You know, about 20% of us go into debt buying presents. The majority of us buy our Christmas presents online. And did you know that billions and billions of dollars are spent on unwanted presents every year? And you know, when I think about it, I don't really remember a lot of my Christmas presents. Well, at least not the vast majority of them. So I'm the youngest of five boys, and look, by the time Christmas morning rolled around, I had already quietly and systematically gathered all of my presents into one specific area. Of course, mom and dad did not like this, but we put them all in stacks. All of us boys did, and when it came time to open them up, man, that shredded color wrapping paper, it flew like confetti in a parade when we got to open them. Now, a couple of presents I do remember. I remember getting an Oakland Raiders trash can from Sears. Some kind of backpack noisemaker when I was a kid with instruments connected to my head and my hands and my knees and my feet. I mean, mom and dad, what were you thinking? I mean, I'm the youngest of five boys. They need more noise in the house. And I remember walking around, banging that, making noise, having so much fun. And of course, every year we got the requisite Hot Wheels car. And I remember this small orange and blue numbers puzzle called Drive You Nuts. I mean, that's about it. It's funny what we remember, isn't it? And I asked my wife, Ann, and it was about the same for her. You know, in her childhood years, she remembered getting a mystery date game, her own slimline phone for her room, and a yellow sleeping bag with polka dots. Well, that's about it for us. I mean, I did the math. So let's say you got, I don't know, four, five, or six presents a year, and maybe a couple of hundred or more presents over our lifetime, and we can't remember most of them. But here's what I do remember. I remember waking up early and all of us rushing to our stockings at the appointed time, of course, and then emptying them on the living room floor but only one item at a time. I mean, oh my gosh, I just remember the tension and the anticipation. And of course, in the bottom was the prerequisite walnuts and an orange in the toe. <laughs> I almost passed out from the waiting. And then it was a breakfast of eggs and sausage gravy and toast and honey from our beehive in between our stockings and our presents. I mean, I never ate so fast. You've never seen boys eat so fast. And then we had to completely clean the kitchen. And then we headed toward the tree with mom and dad in their respective chairs and all of us boys between the sofa and the tree. We opened all our gifts together, again, one at a time. We laughed, we joked, we said our thanks to each other. I mean, being together, simple traditions, that's what I really remember. And when I talk to my brothers, that's what we all remember. You know, we spend so much money, energy, and time on the presents we give, when so often it's the presents with CE that we share being together that we remember the most. And that's also where we will experience God in such a beautiful way. See, I think God is usually found in the presence of others before he is found in the presence, T.S., from others. 
You know, when I was a kid, he was there with us when we gathered for stockings and breakfast and kitchen duty. He was always there, and he will always be there when we gather in his name. I mean, that's that special time when we are together to celebrate with each other and celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Which is why it's so important during this season to remember three practical actions to keep our attention on his presence with us before our presence to each other. I start today with practical action number one. Find your star. And I use the Christmas story that you know oh so well as the backdrop. I begin in Matthew 2, 1 to 6. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When you follow the star of Bethlehem, as the wise men found, it leads to Jesus. The moment the wise men saw the star, they recognized the sign and followed the star to their new king, to that appointed destination. So here's my question. Where is your star that will lead you to Jesus this year? Think about the holidays coming up. What's on the horizon? Can you see your star? On January 1st every year, there are 358 days until Christmas. And there's really no need to be surprised that Christmas is coming. It comes the same day of every year. And on a financial note, right, with all the striving and spending and credit cards use every single year, the average family spends about $1,000 on Christmas presents, depending on the study that you look at. And here's a note. Now, it doesn't help you much this year, but next year, think about this. If you put away about $3 every day, For the year leading up to Christmas, you will never have a need to go into debt. How's that for a star on the horizon? In other words, there's plenty of time every year to focus all areas of our lives on Jesus and His birth. And still, so many of us still don't get it right. I mean, again, we're all a work in progress, me included. But when I step back and look at it, it's really pretty simple. The star's in the sky. I just need to go find Jesus. And best of all, we don't have to wait until Christmas. You know, like the Magi, we can start our journey early, any day of the year. And along the way, we can tell our story and his story to everyone we meet on the way. So this year, find your star and follow it to the place where you will journey and worship this Christmas. Practical action number two, keep your focus. And we continue to learn a little bit more around the context of that first Christmas night so long ago as we continue in Matthew 2, 7 to 11. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. 
After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Guys, we all need to keep our focus this Christmas. And in this story from Matthew, the Magi had a plan. Yes, of course, they stopped along the way. They met people, some nice, probably some not so nice. They even met King Herod. Now, I'm assuming he lived in a pretty nice spot compared to where the wise men were used to living. Now, they could have looked around and decided to stay for a while. I would think there were also probably other multiple distractions around the wise men on their journey. So they had to stay focused as they journeyed, as they brought Jesus their most precious possessions as a token of their worship. And then these men bowed down before the newborn king. The season, in all its financial focus, can be quietly or not so quietly distracting you, misdirecting you, taking Jesus away from you, but only if you let it. Our country and much of the world is celebrating Christmas. But how many are celebrating Christ? And how many of us have found Jesus only to let the world and the commerciality of this season steal our joy from our lives by distorting us or misdirecting us away from Him? I would just encourage you, be on the watch for anything that seeks to interrupt your relationship and life with Jesus this Christmas. And remember, distractions don't always look like something bad. I find often it's the good in our lives that get in the way of God's great in our lives. So again, let me encourage you this year to keep your focus, to offer your best to Jesus and to each other. And practical action number three, protect your Jesus. All right, we're coming to the end of this part of Matthew chapter 2 in verses 12 to 15. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. You know, after the wise men gave their lavish gifts and their thanks and their praise to Jesus, they were given a message in a dream to return home on a different route, far from Herod, that would protect their Jesus, their true king. And soon after that, Joseph was also given a clear message that protected their newborn son, also a message in a dream. Like the wise men, you know, when this Christmas day passes and you return to your normal daily routine, you will also want to protect your Jesus, this eternal spirit of Christmas, so it stays with you. Now, you may not get a message in a dream like the Magi or Joseph, but I want to encourage you to pray and be intentional about how do you keep Christmas with you throughout this coming year. You know, maybe there is a different route in your life or a change of plans in your future, especially in how you use your financial resources to honor God. Guys, these new paths that you may want to take as you enter into them prayerfully may be exactly what you need 
to go a different route in your life to keep Jesus and the Christmas spirit with you every day of this coming year, and of course, in this season as well. So this Christmas season and Christmas Day, and every day, may your heart and mind be focused on God. And to help with that, think about these three practical actions I shared today. Find your star, keep your focus, protect your Jesus. And in this season, you know, just like in life, after all the rushing and striving and gift buying and stress is over, and also hopefully some good times and festivities and good meals, I'm just going to ask you to pause, look around, and let your heart and your mind be filled with the best Christmas presents of all, which is the presence of God, of family, and of friends. I'm John Putnam, wishing you a most joyful Christmas. And if you're still thinking about gifts and giving this Christmas season, go to changeforyourdollar.com and download my Christmas gift and giving guide. You've been listening to Change For Your Dollar podcast with John Putnam. Thank you for joining me for Change For Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.